Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF Public Media's show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sussingham, host of Florida Matters. This week on Florida Matters, we had special live coverage of the 2018 midterm election in Florida. Coming up, a conversation with WUSF's Mark Schreiner, Roberto Roldan, and Stephanie Colombini. Support for Florida Matters More comes from the National Foundation for Transplants. Right now, hundreds of Tampa residents need an organ transplant they cannot afford. Join National Foundation for Transplants, an organization providing financial relief to transplant patients for more than 35 years. Visit transplants.org to learn more. I'm here in the studio with Mark Schreiner, WUSF Assistant News Director. Hey, Mark. Hi, Robin. And reporter Roberto Roldan. Hey, Roberto. Hey, Robin. And Florida Matters producer Stephanie Colombini. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. It's been a long election season. It was a a late, long night last night, and apparently the election is not over. Um, As we speak, Democrat Senator Bill Nelson is calling for a recount in his race against Governor Rick Scott for the U.S. Senate seat. So it still continues. I was amazed at how close really every race across the board was. I mean, Andrew Gillum and Ron DeSantis, a difference of 1%. Bill Nelson and the Ag Commissioner race as well were less than 1%. I mean, all over, it was just practically halfway there, you know, Democrat and Republican. And that was really amazing to see. And actually looking at the governor's numbers, the governor's numbers are tracking underneath 1% as well now. Oh, wow. So there is even some talk that there may be, even though Gillum conceded the race, that he could possibly request a recount as well. And then you also have the Hillsborough County um, State Senate uh, race between Dana Young and Janet Cruz. That's probably going to go to a recount as well. So you're talking in the Hillsborough County area, one race, and then possibly as many as three cabinet positions. It is, I believe the recount is triggered when it's uh, half point, percent. a half a percent. So right now the governor's race is less than a percent but greater than a half a percent, but they're counting provisional right. ballots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're all still waiting to see. Now, Mark, um, you were kind of at the one <laughs> The race. one statewide race that was a little more uh, widespread than the others. Yeah. And that was attorney general between Sean Shaw and Ashley Moody. And I think really in that race, the power of law enforcement And the power of being a former prosecutor really paid off for Moody. Uh, 43, at least 43 Florida sheriffs uh, backing her in this race. And pretty much every time you saw an Ashley Moody commercial, you saw someone in uniform. Yeah, it's really effective. You know, if you don't know much about either one of them, but you see all these sheriffs come forward and say, okay, for attorney general, this is who you should vote for. Absolutely. And then if you heard about the race, what you would have heard, really the two positions were Ashley Moody basically ran as Pam Bondi 2.0, really. Mm -hmm. And then Sean Shaw was presenting himself as this diametrically 180 degree opposed to Moody, uh, complete with... I'm going to investigate President Trump's Russian his whole deal, yeah, really. Russian Very business dealings in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, pull Florida out of the lawsuit against Obamacare. Very much, and even in his concession speech, uh, it, it wasn't so much about his opponent. It was again about 
you know, encouraging Democrats in Florida not to stand down and continuing to work against uh, the president and his agenda. He was quoted by you and the Associated yeah. Press as saying, because that man is still in the White House and our country's in danger. Yeah, that was that was the, the, the emotional highlight of his uh, of his concession speech last night. So Ashley Moody, I just want to talk about her for, for a minute, because that's the Republican right. uh, that she will be the next attorney general. She's 43 years old mm-hmm. and her background is really one of continuous achievements since she was a young girl. Well, basically, you know, law enforcement and, and, and judgeship from birth. Her father was a, uh, is, a, is a federal judge. Her mother went back to law school when Ashley was a, uh, a young girl. Her brother ran for judge uh, in Hillsborough County uh, this year and lost. Uh, it was the only, uh, you know, kind of the loss in the family last night. But, yeah, she, she talked about how the idea was, you know, from the very beginning uh, with her father learning these lessons about the American judicial system and, and how the justice system works. And it's, it's kind of, you know, again, it's easy to, to, to cloak yourself in that lifetime um, experience and, and have that work out to your advantage. And the other way that she was also presenting herself, what was kind of funny is that what she and Shaw had in common was that they were both uh, graduates of uh, law school at the University of Florida, but then kind of paths uh, diverged. She went into the prosecutorial field and then became a federal judge. He is, a, um, I believe, a consumer law and, um, and real estate uh, attorney. And so, you know, again, she presented herself as the the chief prosecutor who has prosecuted cases. And she won by a handy margin. I think it was about six and a half, seven percent. Yeah. So in the cabinet, I think she had the biggest win. Absolutely. Of all these by close, far. close by races. Far. So Roberto Roldan, you were covering Congressional District 15, which is uh, Polk County, a bit of Eastern Hillsborough County, and a little bit of... of um, What's the other county that it's in? Uh, of Lake County. And it's actually a little bit more now after uh, redistricting a couple of years ago. It's it's even more than a little bit of Hillsborough County. And that was, I think, one of the things that Democrats thought could give them the win. So they had these more suburban areas of Hillsborough County to sort of balance out the rural areas in Polk County and the rural areas in Lake County, but that was not the case. So for all the talk of the blue wave, Ross Spano, a state representative, he won um, by a pretty pretty good margin of six points against Kristen Carlson of Lakeland, who is uh, a former lawyer in the agriculture industry. Kind of to be expected. Um, this is a, a district that had Republican control for nearly two decades. Um, Dennis Ross had long held this seat and announced his retirement in July, which sort of caused all of these people um, to come into these primaries and, and really start eyeing this seat. Just a couple days before the election, some political observers were calling it a toss-up, but clearly this is still a lean Republican district. Democrats were really kind of banking on this as one of their possible House seats. I think Emily's list put a lot of money into this. Kristen Carlson had a lot of money behind her from national Democratic groups. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that you really heard from Ross Spano is he, I talked to him a, a week ago at a rally for Governor Rick Scott, who is obviously running for the U.S. Senate, and he was not concerned at all about some people calling this a toss-up, mostly because he saw them as running two different campaigns. He saw Kristen Carlson as running a campaign based on outside money. She had, you know, more TV ads, but he ran a traditional campaign that he thought still worked in these districts. He got out. He was shaking hands. I think he had uh, him and campaign staffers to talk to more than uh, 200 
20,000 people. And you saw um, this in him. I remember you saying when you went to some of his events, you said he has so much energy and there's a lot of enthusiasm in his rallies. You, you saw that as a hard as a hard sell that she was going to take that seat. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that defines, I think, Ross Spano is that he's an intense person. Um, and I think that that comes through. But more than anything, it's it's interesting when you talk to a number of his supporters um, because he really pitched himself, at least in the primary, when he was running against people who were a bit to the right of him, really pitched himself as someone who was going to support the agenda of President Donald Trump's strong Second Amendment rights, anti-immigration, uh, limited government. But when you talk to his supporters, the first thing that they say is never that they share, you know, this common agenda, which they obviously do, but it's always, you know, he's a family man, he he goes to church, he is honest, he's seemingly accessible to people, um, and really that is he the pitch. Yeah, he's yeah. connected. Yeah. He, his he pitch had some is, charisma. His pitch is always himself and his charisma and that connection, and, and hardly ever is it, you know, Donald Trump's agenda. And Stephanie, the uh, another big surprise last night was the amendments. Yeah, I mean, because there was 12 amendments by the end of it. There had been 13 proposed by the Constitutional Revision Commission. A lot of controversy surrounding a number of the amendments, especially because of the concept of bundling that, um, you know, there was totally unrelated or seemingly unrelated concepts and the best proposals. Example, um, vaping and vaping oil, and oil drilling. drilling. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that going on. So all election season long, you know, a lot of newspapers, for example, were telling people to vote no on on most of the amendments. There was, you know, things like Amendment 4, which was restoring voter rights to uh, voting rights to ex-felons. That was, you know, had a lot of support. But then a lot of the other ones, they were like, definitely vote no on this. And all 12 passed. No, one. I, I think no, uh, number one. one. Amendment one. one. I, I thought, thought no. the only one I thought that would pass was number one. <laughs> Amendment because one, it cuts your taxes. It cuts your it, taxes. It, it came in at 59.8% oh. of the yes vote. It needed, needed 60%. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I now, knew it I had the majority. So, right. It now, needed 60%. I wonder, though, and, and this is me trying to be a little funny, but it's also true. I wonder if at 15 I think it was 59.8. If at that, no, you know what? It was 58.1. That's what it was. I was going to say, I think at 59.8, you would get the recount. But yeah, it was 58.1%. Yes. I was just surprised because I thought people would vote no. Why change the Constitution? Why, you know, but everything passed. No more Greyhound racing. Um, Voters control casino gambling. There's uh, victims' rights now will be in the Constitution. there's uh, changes to how uh, there's like a guarantee that all uh, sheriffs and, and other elected officials throughout the state have to be elected. There are some counties that still appoint those kind of positions. Uh, there's a, there's going to be a lot of Did changes. Did you mention the gambling one? But yes, yeah. that yeah. voters have yeah. control of, you of know, deciding gambling? that. Um, it was interesting. The Seminole Tribe. And Disney. Uh, and yeah. Disney put millions and millions, I mean, 40 million, million into, yeah. into supporting that amendment for Disney because they want it to remain a family, what they call a family-friendly state, right. and the Seminoles so that they can continue continue their monopoly yeah. on gambling because the state doesn't have any jurisdiction over the Seminole tribe, and mm. um, the Seminoles are making a enormous amount of money on gambling in Florida. <laughs> but both of them are making a bet, really, that 
when you put it to voters, they're not going to vote well, that's no, it. for more, it's, for it's, more gambling. <laughs> well, because right, right. it, it's going to have to get 60%. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be a like, constitutional amendment again. And it's going to be very difficult. I think far. Amendment 4 ended up being, I'm sorry, not Amendment 4, Amendment 3, the gambling ended up, I think, with the highest total of yes votes last night, if wow. I recall correctly. Wow. The interesting thing, because I, I've been wondering this, because we've I've now, I've been down here about 20 years, so I've seen the number of amendments that have been passed by Florida uh, citizens. And I always kind of wonder, you know, what are these things, what do they add to the constitution of the state? Florida actually is on its sixth, I believe, and these will be amendments 130 through 140. Wow. And the amazing thing when you think about that, when you think that there's only, what, 26 amendments for the U.S., <laughs> but yeah. the other amazing thing is there are some states, I believe it's Alabama, that has like 600 amendments yeah, to the I, Constitution. Yeah, I don't, you know, that, so, uh, constitutional amendments, I don't get that. I mean, yeah. I don't understand go why back. your legislature just can't make a law if that's what you want. Yeah. I think, well, and, and I think that's the argument. You had um, people like the head of the Hillsborough County GOP yesterday. We were, uh, some of the reporters here at WUSF were talking to him, and he was saying, they were recommending to their members to vote no for everything because right. they thought the legislature could do it. Um, people more on the Democratic side, some of them see it as, you know, this exercise in direct democracy. Well, because so I think the Republicans have control of the legislature, so they feel yeah. that. And there's also the power yeah. aspect, I think, as well. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of where you fall um, along that line of um, how you think about these amendments. A lot of the amendments seemed to not be have the values Democrats would appreciate. I mean, certainly not Amendment 4, but I mean, there's the amendment that is requiring now a supermajority vote in the legislature to raise taxes. And, you know, that one shocked me. Yeah. And so not me. Well, (laughs) exactly. I mean, a lot of people people don't don't raise taxes. They don't. Yeah. But for a lot of people that have, you know, Democratic values know that in order to improve the schools and improve health care and things that you might have to raise taxes a little bit. I mean, here in Hillsborough County, they just agreed to raise taxes. Let's yeah, talk the about that. So they, both, they had two referendums or two referenda in Hillsborough County, which will raise the sales tax in Hillsborough County to the highest in the state at 8.5%. Voters seem to be okay with that, Stephanie. And yeah. um, so what does that mean for schools and for transportation? So the it was a percent increase for transportation, and that's going to go to improving roads. It's going to increase pedestrian safety. It's going to go to public transit efforts, which, you know, people who have wanted transit in this community are so passionate about wanting it. And They're still not going to really get... The transit, you know, there's no light farther, right? You know, but the bus, the buses will be better. But I think even the roads. I I actually just spoke with uh, the leader of the Alford Transportation Initiative. uh, You know, kind of figuring out what's next, what's their priorities, Mm -hmm. and it really is like improving the roads and and improving pedestrian safety are kind of their immediate priorities. I'm excited because I drive over here, but I won't have to pay (laughs) that sales tax. Just shop in Polk County and drive in Hillsborough. Right. I would like the light rail, though. That'd make it nicer for me. If y'all want to go ahead and pay for that. Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, the schools, uh, that's only going to add, what is it? Half a percent. Half a percent. And it's going to take... 
10 years to get that thing, that total up to around a billion dollars, which is what they need. Yeah, but it's right going to be about 130 million a, a year. So, yeah. I mean, they can start paying for the. A little at a time, the, yeah. You know, yeah. that'll definitely buy you a few air, air conditioning. conditioning. <laughs> 130 million. That'll, that'll get them started. But yes, it's over a period of 10 years. And then I guess at that point, they'd have to vote again on whether to keep that half cent sales tax. Yeah. And I think one of the things that is going to be problematic about that is that only, I think, 20% of the revenue is going to go to building new schools. Um, but we're adding, I think it's 25,000 people every year to Hillsborough County. You, we desperately need schools down in Valrico and Brandon and Waimama, these areas that are growing suburbs. Um, but not a lot of that money is going to end up there. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, it's going to be interesting to see how a school board district that is over a billion dollars in debt is going to manage building new schools in these growing areas. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it's already like the sixth or eighth largest school district in the country. It is a big so, one. Yeah. Hillsborough yeah. County is larger than the state of Rhode Island. Wow. Wow. Uh, and but what you point out though, Robin, what you what you say, very interesting because I wonder, you know, consumers who have that choice because I've seen it in Chicago, in Cook County, which has one of the highest tax rates in the nation. And I mean, they tax gas, they tax cigarettes, they're taxing um, alcohol and uh, carbonated beverages now. You will see people who will literally drive 20 minutes out of the way to go to another county so they don't have to pay those taxes. I'm interested to see if something like that happens here. Pasco, Polk, Hillsborough. I'm sorry, especially, uh, especially pa- for a big Pinellas. a big ticket item. Yeah. If I'm yeah. going to go buy a computer, I'll go to the Sam's Club in you know Lakeland yeah. rather than pay the eight and a half percent you know in uh, Tampa. Maybe yeah. you know, or they don't feel like driving. You know, exactly. so you never you don't don't know how it's going to shake out. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I do. But think... they have those good roads to get there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I do think that, that there is some balance there, right? Because sure. you're in places like Chicago, you're talking about a, a tax rate of what, 10, 11 percent? Sure. Um, eight and a half percent, a one, one and a half percent jump is, is a good size. But I mean, even if you're talking about a car, right, a big ticket purchase, you're talking about, <sighs> you know, a couple hundred bucks. Do you. I don't know if that's going to drive a mass amount of people right, into Pasco County or Polk right. County and waste yeah. the gas. Um, for, for just one and a half percent. Yeah. But there, there, be, will, be maybe, people, there maybe. will be people who, believe me, as someone who pinches <laughs> pennies, yeah. <laughs> some but of us will do it. the psychological thing yeah. of, is, of it is, you know, I'm going to pay the lower tax. They may not even do that calculation that you just did. You know? Yeah, that's I mean, true. why not? Because people will... People will get a car from the other side of the state if it's less. That's true. I guess we'll have to see. That's an interesting point, Mark. Thank you. I want to thank you, Mark Schreiner, Roberto Roldan, Stephanie Colombini. Thank you all so much for being with me today. Thank you, Robin. And thank you for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters on the radio Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSFnews.org. I'm Robin Sessingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.